we'll make two considerations today. First one, quite brief, but uh, during the passion of our Lord, the only ones that stayed faithful, that stayed at the foot of the cross, were the ones that stayed close to Our Lady. If we consider all the bishops and the first pope, only St. John stayed there. The rest ran away. We're entering deeper into the passion of the mystical body of Christ, the passion of the church. If we are going to remain faithful, remain at the foot of the cross, we have to stay close to Our Lady. Say your rosary, wear your scapular. If you haven't made the consecration of St. Louis de Montfort or some equivalent like that, do so. Stay close to Our Lady. Second consideration. The Third Ecumenical Council of the Church, that was the Council of Ephesus, took place in 431. Now this council was called in response to the claims of a man named Nestorius. Now Nestorius wasn't just a man, he also happened to be the Archbishop of Constantinople, the Patriarch of Constantinople. Now in many parts of the East, Our Lady had been traditionally called the Theotokos, which is, means the God-bearer, the Mother of God. From the pulpit of his cathedral in Constantinople, Nestorius attacked the Blessed Virgin Mary, saying she was not the Theotokos. Nestorius claimed that Our Lady was truly the Mother of Christ, but that she was not the Mother of God. Well, that set off explosions. The clergy of Constantinople attacked the teaching of the bishop. When the patriarch of Alexandria, St. Cyril, heard of this, he wrote letters warning all the monks in Egypt to beware of this heresy. And then he wrote to Nestorius, and he took the response from Nestorius and wrote, and closed them with a letter to the Pope, submitting both his own writings as well as the response of Nestorius to the judgment of the Holy Father. The Holy Father examined the documents and then ordered Nestorius to recant within ten days. Nestorius did nothing of the sort, and he asked for a general council. So he got one. It was held in Ephesus, but then Nestorius obstinately refused to attend. He was stripped of his Episcopal dignity and, and degraded to the lay state. Among other things, the council declared, and I quote, If anyone does not confess that Emmanuel is God and truth, and therefore that the Holy Virgin is the mother of God, for she bore in a fleshly way the word of God become flesh, let him be anathema. Close quote. There were great crowds processing through the streets of Ephesus and crying out, quote, Thou, Theotokos, thou, mother of God, hast destroyed the heresy. Close quote. On 1931, then, on the 1500th anniversary of the Council of Ephesus, Pope Pius XI established this feast, the Feast of the Motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Of course, we're saying a votive Mass in honor of that today on Our Lady Saturday. As Catholics, we all know that Our Lady is the Mother of God. We also know that we became soldiers of Christ in Confirmation. We all know that by order of Almighty God Himself, speaking through St. Peter in 1 Peter 3.15, all Catholics have to always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls to an account for the hope is, that is in you yet do it with gentleness and reverence. 
So on the one hand, we all clearly know that our Blessed Virgin Mary is the mother of God. On the other hand, we know we're soldiers of Christ under orders from him to always be prepared to defend the faith with gentleness and reverence. But as many of you undoubtedly realize, it is extremely rare to meet a Protestant who doesn't unwittingly subscribe to the Nestorian heresy. I'm not saying they, they, they thoughtfully do it, but they certainly subscribe to it. We're, and since we're in the Bible Belt, we're absolutely restu- surrounded and immersed in a culture of people that are Nestorian. Given all that, if you walked out of Mass today and bumped into a friendly Bible Christian who asked you, you know, what would, why do you Catholics mean? What do you mean when you call Mary the mother of God? How can a woman born in time be the mother of God who is eternal? What would we say to him? We're going to answer that here. Those are good questions, and we should be able to answer them clearly. Now, to do that, we need to just have a, a handle on three terms, on nature, person, and mother. So just go through this, and hopefully this is only a review. Nature. We're asking a question about nature. We're asking a question about what something is and what it does. So you're out camping in the woods. You hear a loud crashing noise at night. You wonder, what is that? Is it grizzly bear? Is it an elk? Is it a deer down here? Is it a wild hog? What is that? We're asking a question about what is it? We're asking a question about nature. Nature tells us what something is and what it can do. For example, a fish has fish nature, so it has gills, it swims through water, it breathes water. Birds have bird nature, they're warm-blooded, they have feathers, they lay eggs. We have human nature, which means we have a body and a rational soul. So we can walk, we can laugh, we can think, uh, we can die, etc. Okay? So nature tells us what is it and what can it do. That's nature. Next, person. So we're sitting there, and someone knocks on the door. We don't go, what is that? Is that a grizzly bear? Is that a wild hog? You know, we, we go, who's there? We already assume there's someone. When we say a question, who, that's a question about a person. person answers the question, who is it or who is doing it? Who is it or who's doing it? So someone knocking on the door, we say, who's there? We want to know, we know it's a person. Who is that? Now, it's important to note that a person is who's doing something. For example, I am speaking. My nature isn't, isn't speaking. I'm speaking. And hopefully you're listening. Your nature isn't listening. You're listening. That's the object of this exercise. I speak, you listen. That's how it's supposed to work. But it's not your nature doing it. The fact that you have human nature means that you can listen and hopefully understand what I'm saying. Well, that's the, the idea. And that I have a human nature, I can do this. But my nature isn't doing, neither is your nature. A person is the principle of action here when we're talking about this, okay? So nature answers the question, what is it and what can it do? And person answers the question, who is it and who's doing it? All right, one more thing then. Mother, what does it mean when normally we say any woman is a mother? You know, or more particularly, what is it that makes your mother your mother? What it normally means, I mean, we are in weird times, so we'll just do this. What it normally means is with the help of your father who implanted the seed, and almighty God who created your soul, you were conceived in your mother, and during your pregnancy, she carried you inside herself to your born. Okay? So normally when we say any woman's a mother, we mean she conceived, was pregnant, and gave birth to a child. Okay, so none of these are that complicated. Now let's start tying things together. Okay. 
So let's take what about mother and talk about the Blessed Virgin Mary situation. All right, what, when we say that she's a mother, it means she's conceived, was pregnant, and gave birth to her child. And uh, well, just like any other mothers, just like your mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary conceived her son. St. Luke says clearly, and behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son, Luke one thirty one. But unlike all other mothers, she did so without the help of any man and by the power of the Holy Spirit, which has always been held by all Christians. Mary was pregnant with Jesus, which means that while he was developing in her womb, she carried him inside herself until he was born, just like any other mother, just like your mother and my mother. She's truly the mother of Jesus in the same way that any mother is the mother of her child, in the same sense that the mother, your mother is the mother of you. The miraculous difference is that unlike any other mother, including our mothers, Mary is a mother by the power of the Holy Spirit and without the aid of a man. Okay, now that we've agreed that she's the mother of Jesus, let's take what we mean by nature and ask the question, what about her little baby? What is he? If we're looking at our Lord laying in the cradle, what is he? Well, there's actually, he has two what's, unlike us. He is man, which means that he has a human body and a human soul. So like other men, he can be born. He was nursed. Later on, he learned to walk. He got lost in the temple. We just heard about that in the reading. He suffered, and he died. Okay, so what is he? He's man. He's man, and he's God. So he can do all the things proper to man. He can be born, he can suffer, he can die. And he can do all the things proper to God, which means he can do things like perform miracles, raise the dead, heal the sick, forgive sins, and ascend into heaven. He has two natures, unlike us. There's two witnesses. The eternal word, the second person, most blessed trinity, took a human nature. As St. John tells us, and we hear in the glass gospel every day, and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. So what is Jesus? He's both God and man, and Mary's his mother. Now let's take what we mean by person applied to the situation. Nature tells us what is it, what can it do, and person tells us who is it, who's doing it. So the Blessed Virgin Mary, just like all other mothers, was pregnant and gave birth to her baby. But unlike all other mothers who give birth to human persons, Mary's baby is not a human person. He's a divine person. He's the second person of the most blessed trinity, God the Son. The two natures are united in one person. Now, there's a $5 word for that theological word, if you ever hear it, hypostatic union. That means the union of the two natures in one person. So when we say, we look at the cradle and say, who is he? That's God the Son. What is he? He's both God and man. But who is he? That's God the Son. That's where the union is in the divine person, okay? So, if we ask the question, who is this baby Jesus? The answer is God the Son, the second person of the most blessed Trinity. Jesus is a divine person, not a human person. He's not a human person, he's a divine person. And the Blessed Virgin Mary is his mother. So if we were support us, again, if we're going to stand before the cradle, this is worth reviewing because people get it confused. And we look at the little Lord Jesus, and we ask, what is he? We could say he's truly God and truly man because he has those two natures. And because he has two natures, he can do all the things proper to God and all the things proper to man. But if we're asked, who is he? We have to ask, God the Son. So who was born in Bethlehem? When we answer a question, who? We're asking a question about persons. Who was born? It was God the Son. God the Son. Who died on Calvary? It was God the Son. Wait a minute, Father, how can God die? 
Are you saying God died? Absolutely I'm saying God died. This is where Nestorius went off the rails. How can God die? He took a human nature. We talked about well, human nature earlier. What's got, what are some of the interesting Human nature has a body and a soul, right? We all have it. What does death mean? Death means our soul leaves our body. That's what death is. Did God's soul leave his body? Did he have a body and soul? He sure did. It wasn't a puppet. He had a human nature. He's true man and true God. What happened on the cross then? His soul left his body. When his soul left his body, he died. Death doesn't mean going out of existence any more than it means going out of existence for us. It means our soul leaves our body, and his soul left his body. Whose soul? God the Son's soul. You can see why Nestorianism is so dangerous, because if you don't think this is God the Son, then who died on the cross, and what good did it do us? If it isn't God the Son, it's not doing us any good. We're wasting our time. God the Son died. His soul left his body. Okay, Death means soul leaves the body. Did Jesus have a human soul? Yes, he did. He's true man. Did he have a human body? Yes, he did. He's true man. His soul left his body when he died on the cross. Did that mean only his human nature died? No, that's Nestorianism. Natures don't do anything. <laughs> when you die, you're going to die. Your nature isn't going to die. This is important to get at. The person is, is, is what happens. So natures answer, answer the question, what is it and what can it do? Natures don't do anything. The person answers the question, who is it, who's doing it? So just ask yourself, who died? Jesus Christ, incarnate word, God the Son. Okay. So now we can also see the answer to the second question, which is how can a woman born in time be the mother of the eternal God? Because God the Son in his divine nature is eternal, but in his human nature he was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary in time. It's mysterious. But never forget, all Jesus' actions, whether human or divine, are done by one person, a divine person, God the Son. So all you have to do is say, who was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary? Who ate with Mary and Martha? Who walked on the water? Who cried over Jerusalem? Who died on the cross? And the answer is always, God the Son, the second person, the most blessed Trinity, and the Blessed Virgin is his mother. So we've answered the questions. Now we can see what Catholics mean when we speak of the Blessed Virgin Mary as the Mother of God. And now hopefully everyone here knows how to briefly explain by what we mean by the word nature. It answers the question, what is it, what can it do? What we mean by the word person, it answers the question, who is it, who is doing it? What we mean by the word mother, she's, that she conceives, is pregnant, and gives birth to her child. And now you should all know how to relate each of these ideas to Our Lady and her Son Jesus, who's the second person of the Most Blessed Trinity, who has both a human and a divine nature that are united in the one person, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. Therefore, now you all know how to explain what we mean when we say the Blessed Virgin Mary is the Mother of God to anyone who calls you to an account for the hope that is in you with gentleness and reverence. <laughs>